presents the In My House Pro Wrestling Podcast. Finally, The Rock has come back home. Scotty Villa brings you your new favorite pro wrestling podcast. There is nothing you could do that is more dangerous than wrestling CM Punk. He's got the latest in covering all of the major promotions in professional wrestling. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Breaking news and hot topics. He's covering everything from Monday night till Sunday night's main event. I'm the hottest thing in professional wrestling. I'm Dr. Rit Baker. D. And we never forget to go old school. I was rowdy before rowdy was cool. From the golden era. The irresistible force meeting the immovable object. To the attitude era. And if you're not done with that... To the revolution. It's about the 14 years it took me to go from undesirable to ungoddamn deniable. And everything in between. This is your pro wrestling podcast. This is in my house. Give me a hell yeah! Welcome everybody to the In My House Pro Wrestling Podcast. Scotty Villa here with Paralegal Mike back after one of the best AEW pay-per-views I think we've ever seen. Mike, are you feeling that too? I I am feeling that too. I, I do feel like this is one of the best shows AEW has put on. And uh, we'll, we'll get into reasons why, but first of all, thanks for uh, checking out the show again. Thanks for uh, listening every single week. We had a, a big week last week with our show uh, on Spotify and Amazon Music. Thank you so much for checking out the shows on those platforms, as well as all the other podcast platforms that are out there that we are on. We can basically be found anywhere on the Miles Pro Wrestling Podcast. So thank you for listening. Thank you for helping spread the word. Please keep that up because our numbers are growing. The more the numbers grow, the more fun we can have getting interviews and all that fun stuff. So let's keep it up. Uh, Mike, we had a, a nice week, nice return week after being off for a couple of weeks, uh, heading here into uh, AEW revolution. Revolution, man. What a show before we get into the matches and everything like that, uh, that went on during the pay-per-view. One of the best paced wrestling pay-per-views I've seen in a very long time. I, you know what, Scotty, I, I do agree. I, Again, AEW has that issue with television, and mm-hmm. we know we talked about it with how you build stories. But when they go to pay per view, they do something special for wrestling fans. They put on a wrestling show. Yeah, they really and they really and they really really did with Revolution. Mike, out of all the matches we got on AEW Revolution, I think we got two video packages. Uh, one going into the main event, obviously, for the Iron Man match, and I believe the Texas Death match. It, Other than that, it was just match, 
match ends, new match, match ends, new match. And I, I believe we 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 kind of spoke about this for all the the in my house pro wrestling podcast faithful. And mm-hmm. again, thank you. And um, we talked about how build isn't the strong suit again. WWE pay per views are really good to remind you about how we got there. Yeah, it, it's not necessarily the case with AEW. And for me personally, I'm okay with that. There's a lot of times for the WWE pay-per-views. Uh, if it, I stopped watching the pre-show, all pre-shows, because we see all the video packages in the pre-show, then we get to the pay-per-view, and before every match, we see the exact same video package. So I stopped watching the pre-shows because of that. And now I just, anytime the package comes on, yeah, I guess it, it does give me that break to go get a drink, go to the bathroom, do whatever, but... I didn't really do that during revolution. I just sat and watched the show because I was scared to get up and miss anything. And I thought it was a, it was a great, great paced show. And to our fans, Scotty V and myself love to watch shows live together. We do. And it's sad when we don't get to life happens, work happens. Mm -hmm. And the last two pay-per-views we hadn't gotten to watch together. This will change. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the biggest pay-per-views of all are coming up in a couple weeks at WrestleMania, two nights in a row. And, and be uh, excited. So for excited. The in my house pro wrestling podcast, because we are going to cover it all. Yeah, buddy. I'm, uh, but I'm pumped. This show just proves again why these brands are so different and they both do things right and maybe wrong. I, I, not gonna take away from our our audience who may love the Fed. Mm-hmm. We love the Fed, but we also love pro wrestling, <laughs> and and that's what AEW is. It really is, even though it, it, it and many times it is sports entertainment as well. But all wrestling is. Let's be honest. It 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 was a great show, a fun show. Uh, going into that show, you heard the show last week. Obviously, we were excited for the pay-per-view. There were some big matches. Oh, for, for the card really those, shaped up out of nowhere. It <laughs> did, but that was also like one of my like, oh god, like you've you've got to create you've you've created a great card for the pay per view, but some of the build up has been either non existent or just not great. But like you said, they put on an amazing wrestling show to the point where I didn't even care about that because we got amazing matches. Which for me, uh, yes, the story if the story is great. Sometimes that match doesn't live up to the story and that hurts the story and the legacy of that great storyline. So that sucks. So to flip it around to, we don't have a great buildup, but we got a great match. We're remembering the match more. And I don't think that's a bad thing either. I think there's a lot of people out there that say the story has got to be great too, to be invested in. And I, I will agree with that, but man, we got some great wrestling matches that I'm not going to forget about for a long time. And this is a must see guarantee saving it on the pvr going back and watching you know in six months a year from now to watch a lot of these matches if you're a star rating mark which is fun we appreciate uncle dave Mm -hmm. this is a card where you'll have that conversation of some of the better matches you've you've seen in a long time yes It, it will and and scotty please Let's get into it. Let's get into pro wrestling talk. Mike, I don't want to screw around here. This is a, it's a great card. We got a great opener, but I'm going right to the main event. Let's, Let's go to... do it. Let's do it. 2022's <laughs> wrestler of the year. 
Cody Rhodes. Maxwell. Oh. Jacob Friedman. <laughs> versus the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. The Iron Man match for the AEW World title. Man, a, lot. a tough a tough match to do in any any federation, any mm-hmm. any promotion. It is the hardest match to do. Scotty Via, what's your thoughts on the hour-long Iron Man match from AEW Revolution 2023? A- absolutely, absolutely loved it. Loved, loved, loved it. Uh it's I mean, we're just speaking just because we We've never done it, but it's pretty clear to see that doing an, an, a 60 minute wrestling match is probably going to be very, 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 very tough. Uh, for me, my favorite one is obviously from WrestleMania 12, Sean versus Brett. Of course. And of, course of course, right? But it's, it was also the first one I ever saw. And I was entertained through the whole thing, mostly because I'm a Sean Mark and it was WrestleMania. But um, it's because it, you it never held Brett the Hitman Hearts championship title. All right, let's let's. I'm not talking about that right now, pal. Hey, we don't have to. We don't have to. <laughs> we, we don't have to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've seen Iron Man matches before on pay per view and on television, and, and uh, like you if know, it be on, thirty minute or an hour, thirty minute an hour. Um, if they're on TV, they've got commercial breaks or they go picture in picture. It takes you out of it a little bit. I find uh, the other ones on pay per view have been fine, but I feel like they're just there. And they're still like I just the other day I was watching uh, a documentary about, you know, the Kurt Angle Brock Lesnar feud. And I completely forgot those guys had an iron a 60 minute Iron Man match on SmackDown. Completely forgot. Going into this one, I was excited about it. I'm like, well, obviously, we know Danielson's going to go the distance. He can. There's a lot of people out there. Or maybe it was the perceived perception that there's no way Max can go 60 minutes. He wrestles like nine times a year. It, and you know what? That was a big part, I think, of the build to this Iron Man match. Danielson True. had to work, and we've seen it before, go through the gauntlet, right? You have to work every every TV taping, mm-hmm. every live show. You have to be out there and work. And MJF didn't. Not so, yeah, rightfully so, people should have been worried. But guess what, fucking Marks? <laughs> <laughs> My boy can wrestle. Holy shit, can he wrestle and entertain? It and you know, like it sucks. Um, for those who did watch AW Revolution 2023, obviously, in the first five minutes of the match with someone getting a drink thrown on them, (laughs) (laughs) it takes away from that match just in the social media presence. Yeah, you have I honestly think that not all everyone, but a good majority of them were bitching for the sake of bitching. Also, don't be shocked that the biggest heel in wrestling threw an alcoholic beverage on a child. What are we doing? (laughs) This is what Max has done from day one. It has. And for me, honestly, I thought it was a plant. I mean, they're in my head. I I mean, they're they're saying like, I mean, obviously the dirties are saying no. And I think it is no. I think it's no, too. You know, it's a few days after the pay-per-view. So just from what everything that's being said in the dirties. do I believe that there was actual repercussion this time that we don't see in a brawl out? Yeah. No, I do believe Max paid for this one. Um, I mean, I guess we'll wait and see. I, I, I mean, I would say Tony Khan paid for this one. Yes. Yes. Because like, I, I obviously the press conference after there was talk about that. Mm-hmm. 
and they had said like you'll be at the show you'll be at dynamite like we we'll make it right we'll, we'll make it right and of course you're going to but guess what this isn't wwe mm-hmm. aw has positioned themselves for an older audience they have it's like when the monday night wars were happening and wcw had that edge mm-hmm. they were going for an older demographic AEW has done that since day one. They're going to bleed. They're going to do these things. Don't let this be a shocker. And don't let it take away from a great wrestling match, which this was. Just because, yes, the hottest heel in the business did something that is very much so like his character should be. Yeah, good. But he got in the ring and he did the fucking thing. He did the job. Uh, One of the things that I loved, and I'm sure it's been done in in Iron Man matches on the indies, but I've never seen it on uh, a main event level uh, like this is MJF automatically gets disqualified and then takes back two victories immediately yeah. after. Uh, it's just to to the point where Mike, I was like, can can he do that? I've never, he can't do that. He's going to let Danielson like get a breather for a second, but nope. at, at, at like 10 seconds later, I'm like, but why would they? It just Stop. keep going for it. And I was like, that's fucking brilliant. Why haven't I seen that before? See, but this is this is where I have to give them credit where you're thinking outside of the box. I thought the same mm-hmm. as you. I'm like, this is is this happening? <laughs> right. <laughs> but it plays into the character, which we say they can't story tell. They can't story tell. Max's story's been the same since yeah. he's been with AEW. And that just leans more into who MJF is. It just gets him that much more heat. It gets him that much more. I fucking hate this guy, but he's so goddamn good and he's so smart that I hate him just because of that. And that's that's really what it is. And it's gotten to the point now where it's like, well, who can beat Maxwell Jacob Friedman? Right? If 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 the wrestling machine, Brian Danielson, can't beat him and can't outsmart things like that. How's this guy going to be stopped? And I'm so excited to see where this next, you know, three months, six months, 12 months of his Max's title reign is going to go because who's next? Who's the next big baby face that's going to get that run? But we can get into that another show. Uh, the it, match was. And we will. We oh, will. We will. We will. I'm excited to talk about that. Like, I'm going to be very honest. This pay per view and Dynamite this past week, and obviously we're going to Dynamite next week in Winnipeg. Hey, <laughs> right. It, it's got um, it's got me completely reinvigorated and excited again for AEW. Because let's be honest, for the last four or five months, I've just been watching the shows and popping for things that are fine and good. But I, I'm not coming to you the next day or that night, being like, "Holy shit, this was must see TV." And that's how it was, I guess, in the early stages and the honeymoon stages. Um, so it, it, there was that lull and yeah, from brawl out, it's been that lull. So I, I, it's back. It, it's so goddamn good and so fun. And I, I'm so happy to be fully invested in a lot of things they're doing because on this pay-per-view, Mike, they either closed some chapters or kept some chapters going, but they, they kept everything storyline related in all the matches to the point where I'm I'm I tuned in this Wednesday to see follow up for everything that happened. And I you know we're getting there and we got that and it was great. It it almost felt like when Raw does its new season 
Yes. Revolution felt like we've been talking about it for a while that AEW was in a slump. Obviously, the brawl out was a downfall. Mm-hmm. And how do they pick up the pieces? It felt like this show was their direction to be like, it's a new, a new time for AEW. And not just this match, not just the Iron Man match, which was incredible. But the whole show built towards this is what's next for AEW. It, it did the job. We got the promo on Dynamite this past week of Danielson saying, you know what? I'm going home. I, I I pushed myself too far. And that scared me because he put himself as the wrestler ahead of himself as the father and husband. And that maybe wasn't the best thing to do. And he still lost. So Danielson's out for a little bit. A lot of people think he's going to ring of honor. Uh, it, which, <laughs> you know what? Not now. No, I, I just don't. I, I don't think it's the time for the American Dragon now. No, I mean you get Ring of Honor on weekly TV, not YouTube or not a subscription service on a website. Um, if you can get it on weekly TV, I'll watch if, if Danielson's there. But Danielson's going away. Um, so that wraps that up. Next week in Winnipeg, Maxwell Jacob Freeman's having his rebut mitzvah, and. Oh, <laughs> guess who's there to celebrate <laughs> in my house? Pro wrestling podcast will be there. Oh, sorry. Paralegal Mike will be there celebrating <laughs> his boy. 2022's wrestler of the year. Maxwell uh, Jacob Friedman. Dude, I'm boy. so excited because. Hey, I Cody don't... Rhodes marks. Are you excited? <laughs> <laughs> now. Well, I'm not going to WrestleMania, but shit. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, it's I think it's good going forward. Like, I this didn't hurt Danielson. Let's let's no. get to the point here. You pick the perfect person to have this match with. Um, this is a guy who, like I said, went through the gauntlet on television. We know is a known worker. Perfect, perfect opponent for this match for MJF. Mm-hmm. It it really was, and. Danielson, he shined. He really did. But the big shocker and takeaway for fans is that MJF's real. He can work. Don't get it twisted. The guy can wrestle. Man, like, and yeah. He he did he did exactly what his caliber of wrestler can do. I'm not saying he's the best technician in the world. I'm not going to say that. But still damn good. He, it's still still damn good. He he can adapt and he can he can do those things. It wasn't that it was a Takashita, like that match where yeah. we're like, oh. <laughs> but I mean, MJF is so good, he's calling out Dave Meltzer during the match. <laughs> yeah. Like this, this is the things where I know about MJF where he's like, he's aware of what's happening in wrestling. Mm-hmm. And you should appreciate that. Danielson will always be a fan favorite just because of the work ethic. Yeah. We know it. We knew it since the Fed. But these two together are, it's lightning in a bottle. It, it really was. Like, this is, for us, like, we're not a five-star group. We're we're a ranking out of 10 people. We yeah. always have been. But this is this is about the hardest 9-5 nine, nine I've seen in this type of match in a very long time. And in uh, a card where I think there's a lot of matches that are in that higher category <laughs> of scoring. A good chunk of them are, if not all of them, uh, are over fives and sixes. So uh, I, I'm just going to say two more things on this match, mostly about yes. Max. 
because we could talk Danielson all day about how great he is, but um, yeah. I think the MVP of this match is Max. Yep. I think one of the reasons why, even though we're supposed to hate him, we do love him because when he does things like that for us, you know, Uber fans, Marks, whatever you want to call us, I think we, we ain't talk- Marks. We ain't Marks. <laughs> <laughs> take it back right now. In, I take the, that in back. my house, pro wrestling podcast world, <laughs> we're just fans of pro wrestling. And, and Mike, that leads right into it. I think when we see MJF do things like that, I think that just, you know, flicks something in our brains that says, yeah, he's still a fan too. He's not jaded where the fact that it's just a business. We can tell that he's doing everything he can to be relevant with what he says. You can tell that he's, and he even says in interviews, he's like, I'll go back and watch this. I'll watch tapes from this era, this era, and this era. And to me, I love that because sometimes there's times where I'm like, man, I like this guy, but he just isn't a fan of wrestling. He's can just I, there for the uh, chat. I hate to cut you off, but do you think it's that Cody rub off? I think so. Like I, I think this is why, as much as you love Cody, mm-hmm. and so do I, not as much as you, mm-hmm. because I won't blow the guy. <laughs> but I think Cody has a good old school wrestling mind where Max kind of looks up to that. I, I think so. I think you have to, especially if you've been around Cody, and it's no denying that they're very good friends, but it's got to be infectious. It's got to be like, yeah, he's successful, but he still just loves the business. And I'd say 99% of wrestlers love the business growing up. They were fans. So why would you stop being that just because you're in the business now and you're getting more successful? I think there's that happy medium. And for me, I think that's a, a connection that I can have with uh, a wrestler, whether they're good or bad. It's nice to see that they still give a shit and they, they pay attention to yeah. the things that are going on. So. But I, I like that you're speaking highly of of one person in this match. And again, not taking away from Danielson. No. But all eyes in this type of match were on MJF. Can he go? Can he do this thing? And yeah. the proof is in the pudding. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is that star in the ring, on the mic, in the press conference. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other real quick thing that I wanted to say about MJF, just how damn good of a seller is he like oh oh i'm I'm watching it with my wife and you know she's she she buys in she's like wow that must have hurt i'm like yeah it hurt real bad guarantee it hurt real bad but i said my favorite thing about mjf when he sells is he sells and screams in pain and agony and it's audible and it's clear and it doesn't look hokey or shitty or anything that he sells the move sells the job even if he does that power bomb into an uh, into a uh, a backbreaker on his knee he sells yep. it it hurts his knee just as much as it hurts the other guy's back and to me that stuff goes way beyond having great offense and all these flashy moves if you can sell and make everything look believable everything look painful and make the other guy look good you're that guy you're just that guy that's going to be a star and and never be denied um uh, of greatness i love that you brought this up in the selling portion it's why we love brock yes best seller because if if brock is is, is gonna want to work and do the job because sometimes brock doesn't let's get real mm-hmm. he's getting his paycheck but he's not going to do the things you really want him to do but when he does what the story you tell by doing that is way bigger than the buildup. it's way bigger than anything mm-hmm. on the mic anything you could do the in-ring storytelling in this match is incredible 
but it has to be. It's an hour long. You have to keep people gripped. And guess what? The show was very exciting. Yeah. For the, for every audience, like I know there's a lot of people who are like, I was tired by the time it came to, I'm like, I know the shows are long, but when that match is happening, you're right back in it. And it's because of that selling. It's because of the storytelling within the ropes. And this was a masterclass easy. I'm not on that camp of like Uncle Dave or anyone. This was Brett and Sean is that's the prototype. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's the match you look at and you're like, how do we outdo that? This was damn close. It really, really is to the point where I'm thinking. And if, if you're done. saying that for our fans, mm-hmm. if Scotty V is saying that, <laughs> that means everything. My favorite match of all time is Sean Brett at Mania. That's 60 minute Iron Man match where they went zero falls each and into overtime. And there's a good, if not all of it that I have memorized. I have memorized so much of that match, but this match with MJF and Danielson, I'm going back to watch it again this weekend. It's yes. just that good. And you know, when, when you're watching a 60 minute Ironman match, you, you probably miss a couple things because you're reacting, uh, you know, texting your buddy, friend, whatever, going up to get a drink. So I want to go back again because I feel like this is a match that I could just watch. You know, I can put this on in the background on my lunch break and know everything that happens. And that's the way I'm treating this match because mm-hmm. it was that effing good. Mike, an, an amazing, amazing main event for a match that people it, were excited for. But like, mm, is this going to go well? Holy well, shit, whatever. You know what? When your expectations are met, it means everything. And if there yes. is people out there that like, wasn't that good? Don't lie to yourself. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was wrestling. It was the story you wanted. Yeah. It, it just hats off to both guys for making me buy into an hour-long match. It's so tough to do. If we're going to be really real about it, it went more than an hour. It went into overtime. It, it, sudden, I yeah. mean, which also, get ready. Everything's going to go into overtime when it's that. <laughs> unless it's a draw, which yeah. is AEW style as well. <laughs> awesome match. We could talk about it for the, the full hour, but we, we there's many other matches here. Another match that lived up to the hype, if not ex- exceeded that expectation for us, was that Trios Championship Holy match. House of Black. It versus the elite <laughs> for the trios championships to the point now where I'm at the point, like just get rid of the normal tag team titles. Cause I just want to see these matches now for the trios championships and make those are just the official AEW tag team titles. Holy shit is right. We got oh, a treat oh. with this Scott, match. Scotty via Mike house of black dude. Let's dude. just say it now. They're real. Push them to the fucking moon, please. Oh, my goodness. Again, obviously, I love the elite. Yep. The elite. The the elite. Yeah. <laughs> That's your guy, Paralegal Mike. Mm-hmm. But House of Black, sure, we didn't like the build. There really it wasn't was one. very minimal. But what these guys did in the goddamn ring. Whoo! First things first, Kenny Omega, yeah, is the best wrestler on the planet. In the ring, he's unmatched. He is he the star. Will, he's done it before, but every person he lined up against in this match, made, he made them look like a million bucks, but they also made Kenny look like a million bucks. Malachi Black, Brody King. Buddy. buddy. Yeah. You know what? Fuck buddy. I'm mad at him because of who he's dating. <laughs> 
my girl. But either way, it's it's just the way when him and Buddy Matthews first stood in the ring together, I'm like, this is going to be special. They didn't even touch, but it felt like it was going to be something special. And then it turns out it was, and they they chain wrestled. Yeah, there was it wasn't spot spot spot. Good counters, just good solid pro wrestling. And the crowd ate it up immediately. I love when that happens. I think New Japan's really the best at it mm-hmm. when they they have those kind of showdowns. It felt like that. That's the thing. When when Buddy Matthews was in there with with Kenny Omega, they did their deal. Crowd loved it. Then you tag in Brody King <laughs> against Kenny Omega. <laughs> Same thing. Crowd loves it. And for me, I'm like, oh, I want to me. The size and look of Brody King versus the size and look and athleticism of Kenny Omega. To me, maybe it's the Fed style thinking about like there's that that's how I want this. That should be the world championship in yep. like a year from now, six months from now. I want those guys going at it because those two different styles would be unreal. And then you've got Kenny Omega and Malachi Black, who oh <laughs> Man, Malachi Black looks so small again compared to everybody in that match. I was like, but Malachi Black showed out. Holy shit, did he ever to the point where I'm like, man, I'm so fucking mad that we don't get to see this guy more wrestling on our TVs each Uh, week. And agreed. Agreed. Rampage doesn't count. It just fucking doesn't. You need to have these guys on dynamite. Malachi Black may be the best striker in professional wrestling. He's so damn good, dude. And he yeah. sells his moves, and it, again, maybe it's who he's taking those moves, and he's selling his offense. But when he hits that his fucking kick, mm. oh my god, I'm in. I'm like, oh, you actually dropped him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they also had great moments too, like both of them sitting down, like the Malachi sit down. Yeah, that stuff is where you're like, that's the chills you want from pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. But also, like it seemed, the Bucks were kind of back seat. Yeah, like, yes, they bit. get the Young Bucks offense in, but they felt back seat to Kenny against this team. Yeah, it was it was very much of a showcase for the entire House of Black, and a showcase for Kenny against all three of those guys, and the Bucks were there to to be supportive and hit their spots and we're not this isn't uh, hate we love the bucks and we loved everything they did in the match and those guys can sell their asses off like fucking no other when they need to and want to so they need to do it more let's be honest but they're great <laughs> sellers but you you kind of you kind of said it too it's kind of a showcase for the house of black remember us remember yeah. who we are this match kind of reminded the world like hey we're gonna wrestle people like the lucha brothers we're going to wrestle these people who can fucking go. And so can we. There was a bit of a nitpick in this match for me. I can't remember if I talked to you about this or not off air, but at one point in the match, I was like, man, like I feel like house of black is they're in the match and they're, they're building a story within the match, like having a wrestling match. And then it goes back to spots. And like, I felt like the, the house of black got cut off too much to go back into having to either, do spots or, or 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 sell for spots and it bugged me a little bit i i like i like that point of view this is why you and i get along well 
because I do see that part of you where you're like, oh, they were just they're ramping up, mm-hmm. but then they have to eat the elite's moves. They got to eat the that also went the other way with counters and yep. that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I think the House of Black really had that moment <laughs> to be like, we can be like that too. Obviously, there is one thing blowing up the internet. It's the Buddy Matthews fucking knee. Yeah, dude. Was it? Was it? Was it Nick? I'm not gonna lie. I I forget which one's which all the time. Don't know. But but even then, like that knee during the Melter Driver is one of the best wrestling counters I've seen. And if you were there live, I'm sure you shit your pants. Oh, <laughs> like, if you're there live, you're like that guy's dead. That guy. Yeah, he's. Dead. But also <laughs> on TV, it it worked so well. Mm-hmm. That's the right. That's the right thigh slap ever. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the moments too where I was like, "Oh, they're." But I, I, we knew House of Black was real going in. We've been saying mm-hmm. it. This is a great trio. They should have been. They probably should have been the first to hold the titles. You're not wrong there. And on the preview show, we both said we really think it would be great if House of Black won. But we're pretty sure they're keeping it on the 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 elite because they just got the titles back, or they just got, you know they're back and doing their thing so it would make is sense. that what we said do i already forget i thought yeah. we picked house of black i know i didn't i'm pretty to, sure we to the went. in my house pro wrestling podcast faithful go back and listen because <laughs> yeah. i'm pretty sure i booked that properly open up your spreadsheets and get the stats out for us and uh, hit us up on at in my i house know there's Pod. one of you out there we're looking for an admin <laughs> so <laughs> uh, but uh for me it was fantastic and like i said on the previous show last week for me, I was so bummed out about the buildup. I would have liked to see like, you know, some one-on-one matches leading into this. I'm hoping we get that coming out next week in Winnipeg. Well, it's, well, <laughs> it's a triple threat trios match. The house of black defending their titles against the elite and against Jericho appreciation society. It, and, and I'm not going to lie. We're going fucking bonkers over here. Cause we're going to be in the arena watching that match live. And it's going to be, in the home of Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho, it's going to be amazing. And it's I'm be so amazing. excited. And for all you watching on television, don't worry. You'll see the tall, likey guy in the dad housing shirt. That's paralegal Mike. <laughs> I'll decide, be beside the round one, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you. Cause you're not wrong. Um, all right. All right. Easy. But I'm hoping after this match, that we just go back to the House of Black versus the Elite, and we can get some of those matches because, like we said before, Kenny versus standing against all three of those guys is like, I want to see this match, especially Kenny versus Brody. You know, I really, I, really see it. I like how you're separating the matches. They're trios champs now, Scotty Bia. They're that's where I they know, are. But I I hate how some of this show went, which we'll get into. But um, I think if there's a trio they should go up against. I booked it different before, but if 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 CM Punk does come back, which I'm I'm locking it in in my house, pro wrestling podcast faithful, it's locked in. CM Punk's coming back to AEW. Okay, I he's I, he's, he's coming back. I I think I would love to see when? House of Black and FTR and Punk. Give me uh, is it on Dynamite? Is it on the next pay per view? When I I, I think we're back? still out a little bit from it. I think this is the rematch that the Elite are getting is in this triple threat trios match, which is also ridiculous because <laughs> there's no rules in a trios match. It's just Bucks rules from the get go. <laughs> you know what? It didn't bother me as much in this trios match to go back a little bit that it was Bucks rules. 
Yeah, it, same with me. Uh, it, it worked well with both teams. It just worked, and we knew what we were getting when we got when this match was announced. So, uh, no issues there. An amazing match. It, uh, if it, if it, know, the main event sucks. wasn't so good, it, it, it's, I, it's, I hear you. Show. It would. It's in that nine category. Like yep. that Iron Man match is like that nine five. Like this trios match was a nine. Yeah, it, it it was so good. Very very happy with the show and excited to see. More of House of Black on on Dynamite each and every week. Uh, get them on TV as much as possible. It's a great, great gimmick. And I think there's a lot of good potential for future stars. Brody King is going to be a star. Yeah. And the fact that we haven't seen Buddy Matthews against guys like Orange Cassidy and Ricky Starks. and I, uh... I worry about Buddy Matthews because of the tie to the Fed. Malachi I'm... was once worried about. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to go back there. No, I think the travel and stuff like that. He's been open about mental health issues and that <laughs> kind of stuff. This schedule is easier to work. But Our shows are coming. Buddy Matthews, well, not in the way the Fed. No, not even close. But no, no, what you mean? But I think Buddy Matthews, like obviously, Rhea Ripley is over there, mm-hmm. his partner. But this is. It's a good showing for him. He could be someone as well, but I think the light kind of should be on Brody King. He's a big man in a small man's world, and there's not that many big men. Well, normally I'm going to have people hold gold. Have it be on House of Black. Yeah. TNT Championship should be held by Brody King. Dude, you're not wrong. Normally I'd agree with you, but AEW is not a big man company, and they've proven that time and time and time and time and time again. And until I see different, I just uh, I'm not going to agree. And on. you're right. Like it, time is said that it's not. But I think in the right direction, it's happening. And obviously, like we we, we can just segue to from that great trios match. Let's get into um, Samoa Joe and Wardlow. Mike, that, that match. Um, first of all, I feel bad for that match because they got put in the toughest spot of the card. They between did. The- between the Texas death match and the Iron Man match, but the the match served its purpose. We got two big guys that I enjoy. I love Samoa Joe, and wow. I love this version of we Samoa Joe. Love Samoa Joe, the king of television. It's such a great moniker. It's so damn good. But you know, then you got Wardlow, who they're trying to get back. I feel like Wardlow's lost too much of his um, muscle. I feel like he's leaning down to the point where he's just becoming another guy. So aesthetically. He's not the same guy we had all that hype about last year. It's it's fun. It's funny you say that because I felt he did feel more agile working. Maybe it's because he slimmed down. It, it, it could be. But the match was a big man match. It wasn't a very long match, which I thought was fine. Uh, it fit into the pace of the show still. I thought the it, pace it, it, filled, it filled the gap in, in which WWE would have put a women's match. Yeah, let's be so, honest. You're right. You're very. So right if you're talking to quality, the women on this show, which we'll get to, had a bigger spotlight. But this match, I really, I did enjoy. I, I think it's in that seven spot, like seven out of ten, mm-hmm. which I think is a, a, a fine score. That's a great score. Let's be honest. That seven point oh is good. It's very good. good. I think it's very good. Um, um, but it was in the right direction of getting Wardlow back. If we had recorded this before Dynamite, I don't, I don't think I'd have that spot or I had that uh, opinion because I was happy to see what Warlow was going to do as a TNT champion again. He'd done interviews uh, leading up to it saying 
it's time to uh, have the champion, the television champion, essentially wrestle on television every week or at least every other week. And if he's not wrestling, he needs to be present. And lately, it seems like the All Atlantic or now the International Championship is becoming the TV championship because Orange Cassidy's defending that every single week. So I thought, okay, we got a babyface again. We're rebuilding Wardlow. We're giving him his heat back as a babyface. And the match was what it was. I loved the the big man moves, the big hits. Sometimes I don't like seeing Samoa Joe sell so much for a guy that isn't a Brock Lesnar-esque statured guy, which I believe that they try to have Wardlow be booked as. Wardlow uses the F5. They call it the F10, and it's a setup move. It's not a finisher, and it drives me fucking nuts. All right, calm down. But let's be honest. That's what AEW does. Um, so it, it's tough. It's it's really, really tough sometimes. But we got a, a really good match, a solid match, just in a super, super tough spot, Mike, between those two like, like main event and basically a, a semi-main or co-main. I don't know, pal. It's was not a bad match. It was a good match. But when it comes to big men, like we were saying, this company just doesn't... I don't think they know how to book a big guy the way traditionally a big man is booked and i just i don't think they try to figure that out if i if that's I, yeah i think that's what i'm trying to get they don't know how to figure that out they don't want to figure it out they just want to do their thing but my thing now is like well samoa joe just off into roh land now when we don't see him again um yeah i think he is off into roh land now that you bring that up i i do think he is a better fit over there to build that program Keep keep the young stud Wardlow on AEW where, where he should be. I think Joe should should be in Ring of Honor. I think that's kind of their plan. Is the legacy people are gonna? We said it about Danielson. It was time for me to go home. Yeah, I, I do feel like Ring of Honor is going to be a fit for some of these guys to spread out the talent who have been in the Fed. I'm good with that as long as Samoa Joe is a, a main guy on Ring of Honor because that will attract me to watch it. I, Samoa Joe is just that great of a heel right now, and and he's doing a great job, and he puts on killer matches. He kills guys, and he, he's like, he's got the stardom. He's got the star power. Wardlow, I think what we saw on Dynamite this week, he's already lost the TNT Championship to Powerhouse Hobbs, and there's definitely some sort of story there that I don't think they fully explained properly. <laughs> go if figure I, go figure if i'm getting uh wardlow versus hobbs for the next few weeks leading into a pay-per-view or just a big match on dynamite in the main event i'm good with that because i like that they're heating up hobbs again but i don't want to see a start and stop with wardlow it can't happen right now he's back you did the angle where you cut his hair and they talked about how he grew his hair out because his dad had long hair you've already given us a reason to be behind this guy as a full-blown baby face. I don't want to see him just lose to Wardlow again and then disappear and do nothing. We can't do it again to Wardlow. I, and I, I don't think the direction will be that. I think, uh, I, I mean, I say I think. I hope Tony knows that Wardlow could be a name. And that's a guy who you would lose to, to NXT. Because really, if if there is somewhere for Wardlow to go, he doesn't go straight to WWE if his contract's up. Mm-hmm. They would put him through the paces. He'd go see Sean. He'd work through NXT. 
And to be honest, I think he'd do better than a Braun Breaker. I think they would. I think I think they get the that. I in that promotion, yes, to build him up mm-hmm. for sure. But Absolutely. this was a good turnaround to be like, don't forget Wardlow. And it, it was lucky you had this crowd. Yeah. That that helped because this crowd was hot the entire night. We talked about it before, but it it really helped that this crowd was as hot as they were. It was a fun match. We got a title change, which I I mean, I, I think we all picked Wardlow, but I, I was still kind of like, it, it, I'd be totally cool. And, and it would make sense if they kept it on Joe. The king of television is such a great moniker. I think they would could easily just keep running with that. But they made the switch. Uh, a solid, really solid match. Good big man match for AEW uh, in a just in a tough spot on the card uh, uh, that was stacked. I want to get into that other big, big match, Mike, the Texas death match. That's Tom right. Moxley yes. Versus hangman Adam page. And let's be honest. I'll go back to last week's show here on the in my house pro wrestling podcast, a preview show, a match that leading up to it, I had just fallen out of giving a shit. I'd seen Moxley bleed enough. I'd seen hangman cut the promos that he'd cut and get into skirmishes and had the interviews with Renee Paquette. And I just, I didn't know. Why the, yeah. <laughs> Renee Paquette. I just Paquette. didn't know why they were still fighting other than, well, you knocked me out in a match a couple months ago. I, I'm not happy I mean, about that. You're right. Dave, that's the fuel for the fire for a Texas death match. Right. And, and yeah, if I, I had to have missed it, I just have to be in the minority of like, I just don't understand what happened there. So going into this match, I even said straight up, I don't really think I have a lot of high hopes for this match. We're going to see a, a bit of barbed wire and that'll be the big high spot. And, and there'll be lots of blood and that'll be it. We'll just move on. There was bricks. <laughs> we, I thought this Texas death match was awesome. Loved, loved, loved it. First of all, Hangman Adam Page's entrance for that pay-per-view. Let's talk about how good that entrance was. Oh, my God. Top of the charts. And it, it, the, the cool thing was is you didn't need to gimmick it up with him uh, riding it on a horse or a fancy <laughs> car or anything like that. We just had an awesome entrance video, awesome lighting, awesome song, and and Hangman coming out fucking fully fired up and ready to fight. And it was so damn cool. And then we get Moxley's entrance, which I love. I can't wait to sing Wild Thing in Winnipeg next week. And we got a great, 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 you know, death match, uh, whatever you want to call it. And it, it was fantastic. Mike, we saw bricks. We saw barbed wire. We saw them taking time and selling. Dude, we saw a lot of selling. We saw a lot of guys wrapping barbed wire around each other. I'm like, oh, this hurts, but I'm going to fucking do it. Raking barbed wire across someone's back. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes I think they got to be a little bit careful because let's be honest, not all those barbed wires are real barbs or they've been trimmed off. If you're going to do that and you're going to do close-ups of it, there better be like scratches and traces of blood as you're doing that. And there was a couple times where it didn't work out that way. Same thing with getting scraped across the forehead. Um and how'd you how'd you feel about the fork? For me, I was like, oh, here comes a fork. And my wife Ken is like, what? I'm like, Mox <laughs> got a fork. He pulled it out of his boot. What? <laughs> and then when he's got him trapped in the triangle and he's just jabbing him in the head with the fork shots. I gotta be honest, Mike. I fucking loved it. I so did, did I. So normally did I. I don't like it. Normally, I'm like, yeah, fuck, whatever. Let's just move on past this. But maybe it's because Candace was 
like, what the fuck is going on? Why is he stabbing him in the head with a fork? This is disgusting. This is too violent. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm she. If she's hooked, I'm in. I'm just a, I'm loving watching this show right now, and I loved it. Didn't hate it. I like the fact that we didn't get panes of glass or the bed of barbed wire. I I just love the fact that we got a, a great match with storytelling in there with selling. Yeah, sure, the blood's in there. It should be in this match, but everything made sense, dude. Everything was sold well, and I I've never seen somebody bring out two bricks and put one brick down, yeah, right? put his hand between it, put the other brick on and stomp on it. I was like, that's fucking just genius. So uh, I could go on and on, but this to me was um, the most surprisingly fun match that I enjoyed. That, that it, it was a great ending to this feud. Yeah. And man, I and let's hope to God it is. I, I, I'm, I'm sure it is. You didn't watch Dynamite then, did you? No, I didn't. It, it looks like Blackpool Combat Club is turning heel. Uh, they're just beating down guys. Obviously, the Dark Order comes out to to save some of their Dark Order buddies from getting beat down. Then Hangman comes out to make the save as well. And uh, Blackpool Combat Club beats the shit out of Hangman Page, who has we need to marks stop in his... this, Mike. Stop this now. Here's what I said to my wife as we're watching the show. This is it. This is the catalyst that's going to bring back. Like the the Bucks have to come out and save Hangman. They didn't. So I, I don't know where it's going. That's going to be interesting and have me hooked. You know but. what? That's AEW's long-term storytelling. And they do it like, obviously, like um, being the elite, mm-hmm. if those who follow that, they play at that so much. That clip of like Hangman, like with the Dark Order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that stuff where I'm like, this is their long-term storytelling. They've done it so well with Hangman. Getting him back in the elite will be so special when it does happen. It's just, I feel like they're just waiting for that right full blown money moment to be like, this is why this is where it's necessary and needs to come back. I think if I'm booking, I book it for forbidden door two. Yeah. Against bullet club. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's some of the clips I did see from dynamite. Obviously we'll get into the Ricky Starks match, but um this match especially i'm big i'm always been a big hangman fan yeah i have and but i also love i love mox i do mm-hmm. um also aw john moxley has been more one note than i've seen a wrestler in a long time even in this match like sure he did some new things but john moxley and aw is very one note yeah and yeah. it's it works because like great entrance fan favorite mm-hmm. but in ring it's delivered the same every time yeah he's he one just of those... he doesn't have the arsenal he's he's one of those guys that maybe should be a little bit more special and i know he wants to wrestle every week and do this this and that but you're right a lot of it is same stuff same blood same make the guy bleed which i do get his theory on it in real fights in ufc fights guys bleed every single time Sure. So it's pro but, wrestling. Right. It, that's the thing. It is pro wrestling. You need to make things a little bit more special when they happen. But um getting back to the, the actual match, uh, Mike, we saw some great stuff. We saw some big hits from Hangman. Oh, he's just he's a hell of a worker. So he's good. a hell of a worker. And it's it's nice that like 
this program was longer story. It seems like all long storytelling is around hangman. (laughs) (laughs) The guy, people who are just like, oh yeah, there he is. Cowboy shit, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cowboy (laughs) shit. (laughs) But it, it, it was, I thought, a good way to end. And you're saying, too, Dynamite said otherwise, which is unfortunate. It's unfortunate the Dark Order is still a thing. Oh, man, you're not wrong there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, it, it was the biggest surprise of the night for me was that match. And I loved it so, so it much. Was, it was 8.0 great. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. You had uh, you'd mentioned Ricky Starks a few minutes ago. We better go to the opener of the show, Ricky Starks versus Chris Jericho. I think a great, great match to start that show. We got a, felt- such a good wrestling match. Jericho is still Chris fucking Jericho, right? And Ricky Starks was a star. He really was. He was fantastic in this match. It Ricky was over the second he came out. He's got a great entrance. Which, But also, it's besides that. Yeah. That's how much the fans are behind Ricky Starks. In AEW, those fans are behind Ricky Starks. Granted, the Ocho's the Ocho. (laughs) The Wizard. (laughs) Like, Chris Jericho is excellent. And we said it last week's show to elevate Ricky Starks. This match needed to be great. Mm -hmm. And it was. Really was. Jericho at that age could still fucking work, man. yeah, he is so great. I'm so excited we get to see him live. Yeah, buddy. Uh, for me, as soon as you said work, I'm like, yeah, I'm glad you said work. And I, everyone knows I love Busted Open. And when Bully Ray breaks down a worker compared to a wrestler, working means know how to, to do your job on both sides, offense and defense. Jericho sells so well for these yep. guys to make them look like a million bucks, to make it look like, oh, my God, I'm in peril now. And then to switch that on a dime and have them in peril. And then it comes back around. Jericho just is untouchable right now with how he is putting this roster over at all times. It is unbelievable. And Ricky Starks came out looking like a million bucks after this match uh, because of this match. It, It was fantastic. And for Jericho to take that finisher, I love the fact that Ricky didn't use the spear as the finisher. Ricky Sparks is too small to be throwing spears and having big guys sell for that. Agreed. Ricky's too too small. I hate when small guys use the spear as a finisher. Just doesn't make sense to me. But the finisher that Jericho took, aye, 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 man. Like Jericho's not as, as limber as he used to be. He's 52 for Christ's sake. Yeah, he, <laughs> he's got some mileage. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. God bless him, man. He put over Ricky Starks. Uh, in every sense of the word. And I loved that when that match started off, I'm like, oh, interesting. I thought I would have thought started like with the trios match or something, but we got that match and that match had me hooked and locked in for the entire pay-per-view because of how fun that match was. You know what it was? I think it's when Ricky kicked out of the code breaker. Yeah. Where I really, I really lost my shit where I'm like, oh, they're putting him over. Like he, they're, they're giving Ricky his, his moment. And it worked for me. It did. It did. Real quick here. I'm just going to jump in. Throughout the, during the middle of the match, my wife is like, why does he have a piece of tape wrapped around Ricky's <laughs> ribs or his stomach? I'm like, well, he's got some banged up ribs. She's like, but why is it around his belly? And then why is it like one string of tape? I'm like, pro wrestling, babe. So I yeah. need to go pro wrestling. 
don't don't make me explain pro wrestling. <laughs> exactly <man>. right. So, <laughs> and for a little bit, I'm like, that's fucking dumb. I don't want to try to explain this. So yeah, you're like, you're like, I actually am embarrassed for myself to even have to explain this. <laughs> um, but also, like, it's good for Ricky. Obviously, I saw some of the. I did see some of the dynamite stuff with uh, Juice Robinson. I think there's good potential there. I think Ricky Starks could be a good catalyst for building for Forbidden Door too. So I hope they keep mm-hmm. that momentum up. I'm hoping so too. I got worried. I I guess I let's be honest. I think Jay White, the Switchblade, is going to WWE. So when Ricky Starks is talking, and all of a sudden we get the Bullet Club logo and theme song coming on the screen, you I'm popped. Like, you, you, you popped huge. I bet I did. I'm like, oh my god, it's he's he's here. And then it's Juice Robinson, who is fantastic, but they haven't really played up the fact that he's still in Bullet Club. Uh, I even think they mentioned on Dynamite, like, well, we didn't know he was still in Bullet Club. Yeah. So that was a little bit of like, what's going on here? But I'm like, cool. Keep bringing guys in. Bring in. Let's go back and forth. Let's keep bringing guys in and let's see what happens because I'm all for it. I love when AEW does Forbidden Store stuff and we can see guys and girls from other companies come in and and just work on TV and do it. Hopefully it's a storyline, not just a one-off, but um yeah fun stuff uh, excited for that but great great opener for ricky starks and yeah it, yeah it's it just great for ricky starks uh obviously they're putting more stock in ricky which they should he's a great great talent mm-hmm. so i hope for big things but i i think this is just opening the door for forbidden door too what just, we got next mike uh before we get to that cliff note um we have seen chris jericho live at wrestlemania 32 so we eat sure that have. marks yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess AJ Styles and AJ Styles' first WrestleMania appearance ever. We were there. Oh, we were sorry, there. were you there? <laughs> we were there. <laughs> we were there. Um, you know what? Let's get into um the women's championship match. I would love to. Love. To. Um, this is probably it. I hate to say it, you hear it a lot. I was a little checked out on this one. It's hard work week, but um, it, it not not a bad match by any means. Mike, uh, it was Jamie Hayter defending her title against Soraya and Ruby Soho. The story leading up to it is Soraya and Tony Storm are the outsiders. They are the 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 from New York. They're the outsiders of AW against Jamie Hayter, who was with Britt Baker, who is an original. And then Ruby Soho's in the middle. And that's been the storyline going in, which I've been curious. I'm like, well, what side is she going to join? She's got a great theme song, so she's full-blown babyface. She's got to be joining that, Jamie Hader and uh, Doctor Baker. Uh, I'm going to tell you this: that crowd loved Jamie Hader. They do. She is a star. She's she's real. Mm-hmm. She's she's real. It, if you're if you're the DMD, you're worried. It's just going to make that there is so someone so over. I I agree. I agree. It, it really. But what is. did you What did you think of this match? <sighs> I'll start off by saying I think this is the best Soraya has looked in AEW. I agree. I, I like you when this match started up. I'm like, okay. I checked out a little bit at the beginning. I just did. Again, we're not sexist, man. No, no we weren't. It's just, you know, there's highs and lows in shows. And Oh, I'm sorry. We just came off an incredible trios championship <laughs> match. Did. What do you want from me? Right? So uh, I'm picking up my phone. I'll go get a drink, but I consciously said, no, put the goddamn phone down. Let's see how this match plays out. And like you said, this is the best Soraya has looked. I thought she was aggressive. I thought she laid her shit in more now than she has in a very, very long time. Uh, Ruby, who all the hype in the world when she came over, injuries, bad storylines, uh, just not on TV a whole lot. 
I liked seeing her back. I felt like this is the Ruby that we had probably seen on the Indies before she went to the Fed or even in NXT because she seemed on point. And I think Jamie Hayter, uh, if there was pressure, she was if she was feeling it, it fueled her because she was great in this match. And we had a nice, really nice triple threat match. I didn't know who's going to win. My gut told me, you know, the the booker in me says they're not taking the title off of Jamie Hayter, so she's not losing. But I could have seen them putting the title on anybody that night. Uh, Jamie retained, and I thought very, very good job to the point where I was very excited to see what happened on Dynamite on Wednesday afterwards. You brought it up best with Ruby. I think by the end, they they factored Ruby back into the fold. Big time. It, it it was it was the right call with who she ended up siding with. They did a great, essentially double swerve. You you get uh, Tony and Soraya beating down um, Jamie Hader and Britt Baker, and then Ruby coming in to make the save, and then Ruby turning on Britt Baker and going full heel and joining Soraya and Tony Storm. And now they're a trio. Now they are the outsiders from the Fed, from New York, against the originals. And if you play your cards right and you book it properly, this will be a fun angle that I could see that ended up in like a war game style match. It well, war games. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, blood um, and guts I, in AEW. Yeah, I'm I'm happy for mostly happy for Ruby Soho. Me too. Me too. Needed needed to happen. It's long overdue. Um, also, Soraya's real. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to take some time to come back from that kind of injury, but I was happy to see the work is better. But ultimately, Jamie Hayter is a fucking star. And AEW better be holding on to her tightly. Because if you're anyone over at the fed you're thinking how long is her contract mm-hmm. and how do we get her over here she's got the look she's got the fucking work ethic it it would be scary when her her contract comes up i think so i i think she's gotten over way more than they ever thought she would and she got oh, over for sure. I, more than i ever thought she oh, would for sure especially being alongside Britt baker who is the women's division who is the most over one of the most over wrestlers in the entire company. So to, to see Jamie Hayter be in that company right now is, is fantastic. And it, it, it does wonders for that division. Women's wrestling is better in AEW. Right now, I'm going to say storyline wise, yes. Outside of Rhea and Charlotte going into Mania. Um, and even they better pick that up fucking real quick. I, yeah, I would just I say even, even terms of work, I'm sorry. It's it's way better. Mm-hmm. They they are not putting them in the Wardlow Joe spot where that match probably should have been. Yeah. If it was on a WWE card, that match would have been there. 100%. But it it actually, I think, live into the crowd. And I think it was just a reaction to, to Jamie Hayter where it made me go, wow, mm-hmm. this crowd is really behind Jamie Hayter. It blew me away, actually. Maybe it's just where they were. I don't know. But it just seemed like that crowd was really live for Jamie Hayter. They were. And 
every crowd is Let, let's be honest let's, let's she's just over she is she's over with the crowd with her work being the champion and going up against women that she has really good wrestling matches with the yeah one she suplexed that, two women at once she did it's 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 great to see because for a long time it was Britt baker and then it wasn't even close to where everybody else was so. it, you're right in, in aw you're right Mm-hmm. That was the measuring stick. But I, I just thought, too, I'm like, it was a great showing for these women on an already outstanding card. But, I mean, obviously, hater retaining is a smart move. Mm-hmm. I would keep that rolling for a bit because that's that's a real star. Agreed. To keep this storyline hot, though, for me personally, the heels in this one, Sor- Soraya and Tony Storm, I need them to do more than to call people losers and give people the finger and do a shitty job of spray painting an L on people. You've got to, you've got to really pick it up because right now you're showing your, it feels very unpolished. It feels like very undecided and super cheap. Like I just, I don't know why, but the fact that like probably like five out of the 10 top heels in the company are all giving the fans the finger. I mean, yeah, it's cool and probably super fun to do, but you got to give me something else. And you girls have come from the Fed. You should be able to be more creative than that because you're creatively stifled in the Fed. That's why you came to AEW. Let's get our, our, our creative juices going and find other ways to get heat from the crowd. Because to me right now, it's just coming off as tacky and lame. Yep, yeah. that's so, fair. That's where I'm at with uh, just where this could go. But uh, still very excited to see. Um, I, I like seeing Soraya and Tony and now Ruby being aggressive and 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 mean heel. is it Soraya or Soraya? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Right. It, it, she's gonna answer to both. I don't like. I'm not. Gonna I, I mean, her. I'm pretty sure it's Soraya you in could. my house pro wrestling podcast faithful. Please hit us up on this. <laughs> Let us know what you think. Scotty Via is a dumb dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Let's round out the show, Scotty Villa. It's almost that time. Let's talk about the AEW World Tag Team Championship match. Mike, uh, I'm going to be honest. I forgot about this match. I was like, oh, guess done. what? It's because it was the worst match on the show. It, it was a tough one. It, I was still, again, still entertained. You got Orange Cassidy. You got Danhausen in there. Um, no, for, you for got, me, you got Danhausen. Oh, my God. You got Double J go. in go there. Ahead. You got Double J. Who was in there? the man who should be a tag team champion and will be yeah, next week. But give him his, day. give him his proper due. I know you That's love it. J E double F J A double R E double T. That's double J Jeff Jarrett. That's right. And J lethal <laughs> versus the guns, the ass boys versus the acclaimed and orange Cassidy and Danhausen. which I'm really glad they got added to the match. Cause man, orange Cassidy sold his ass off for those guys. Orange Cassidy is just a great fucking worker. After that Osprey match, this guy, mm. this guy, Scott, is so good. He's so good. But also, they're putting this match because fans are loving Orange, but mostly because they love they love Danhausen. They really so do. Why? I love me some Danhausen. Gotta love that Danhausen. <laughs> we all do, man. We saw him work um, too. It, it, we did see Danhausen work, and guess what? He's not one of the best. He did some work, <laughs> <laughs> but um, this match went exactly how I thought it would, except without yep. 
the daddy ass turn. Yeah, I th- I full blown thought we were getting the daddy ass turn. I, I I think it would make sense. Obviously, there was moments in this match. Sure, every match has got one. Mm-hmm. Um, things I'm happy about: the acclaim didn't win. Yep, we'll get them. We'll get them there. They are still <laughs> so over. The acclaimed is loved. Scissor me, daddy is so over. Yeah, I'll be scissoring the night away with you, Scotty Via. Where <laughs> we're going? <laughs> yeah. But um, yes, of course, the gun should have retained. They're hated. That's real heat. A the- team who doesn't deserve to have it getting booed by crowds. Yeah, that's good. That's good for wrestling. And- I actually thought the only other way it could have worked was mm-hmm. to have your boy, Double J and Jay Lethal win. I, I thought so, too. I thought for sure you got to keep the heat on the titles right now. And it's got to be heel heat. So, uh yeah, I think you called it the guns retaining. I think I picked the acclaim to win. I think you picked the guns to retain. Yeah, you sure did. What a whoops that was. <laughs> Go back to the Fed, asshole. <laughs> Speaking of going back to the Fed, we got the return of FTR after this match. Oh, you know what? That's probably the best thing for AW was just like, guess who's here? And guess who's probably staying? Mike, for me, I, I do this a little bit uh, often especially the last few weeks, I have times where I'm like, I don't even know who the AW tag team champions are. I know who the trios champions are. <laughs> I know it used to be the acclaimed. I don't have a clue. So um, for me, this is great because I think we're going to get um, some really stiff, strong style matches between these two teams. And I'm hoping and praying that FTR does stay in AEW. I think uh, they're staying. I, I'm, I think I'm still pretty too. confident they're going to stay. It was a nice surprise, but as soon as Renee Paquette comes out, Baguette to interview the 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 ass boys. I'm like, well, someone's coming out, and for I I'm not gonna lie, completely surprised it was FTR. I didn't know what to expect. I was like, oh, someone's coming out, and I just assumed that FTR is kind of on on their way. But you've got me sold. Their appearance on uh back on Revolution and again on Dynamite this week has me sold. So I think we're getting FTR back. Um, very excited about it. Very, I I liked it. It, I mean, the worst match on the show, but plus side, I was right on who won and you weren't because you <laughs> suck ass, Scott. But also Dan Housen getting his due, getting real pay-per-view money. But for the biggest win is that FTR did show up. I'm hoping we get uh, this feud mostly on television. Um, we got a pay-per-view two months away, but so yeah. Um, Mike, we're running out of time here, but uh, it was an awesome revolution. One of the best AEW pay-per-views and it's coming at the best time of the year because we come off of a great Royal Rumble, a great Elimination Chamber. AEW's back in the conversation. We're heading into Mania. It's so much fun to be a wrestling fan right now and even more better to have a a pro wrestling podcast my best pal. Hey. You're my best pal. (laughs) My goodness. Uh, Hit us up. But you suck at wrestling picks. Guess what? (laughs) Go back and listen to last week's show where Paralegal Mike picks every winner and Scotty Villa did not. Remember when uh, Paralegal Mike said that Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens would be in the Royal Rumble match? Yeah, I remember. Man, that, that carries a lot of weight in my book. By the way, my book, way wrong. My book says Booker of the Year for 2022, so that's don't forget. Yeah. How's that? Uh, how's that looking for 2023? It's it's fucking March. We got lots. Hey, of did time did, did Logan Paul come to the Elimination Chamber? Yeah, he did. No. But the world champion isn't ending up in the Royal Rumble. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> at Pod. That's where you'll find everything. We're on Spotify and Amazon Music. 
you can find us there. Most of you do. Uh, but most importantly, thanks for checking out the show, sticking with us. Share this show with everybody. Throw it up on your social. Say, hey, it's a great new podcast. It's your favorite new wrestling podcast that you've never heard. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we appreciate it. Our numbers are growing. And the more that happens, the more fun we can have on this show and get it bigger and better. Prepare like a mic. Dude, we, it's such a great show. Great, great pay-per-view. Uh, I can't wait to watch Mania with you, brother. We're going to be back next week with uh, more pro wrestling talk. Who knows what will happen the next week? We don't know what we're talking about. We're just picking the hottest topics each and every week. We know we're talking about AW Dynamite and Rampage live from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Fuck yeah, the In My House podcast will be there, but right now it's in your ear. For Paralegal Mike, I'm Scotty Via. This is the In My House Pro Wrestling Podcast. Cheers, Welcome to my house. Play that music too loud.